Moses said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 11, But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. The Lord cares about this land from what Deuteronomy chapter 11 says. He provides for this land. He cultivates this land. He wants his people, the Jewish people, to have the best of this land. And I love this. His eyes are always on it. Reach us on our listener line at 888-343-6940. Sign up for a free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory magazine. Ask us a question to be answered on air or leave a comment about our program. Again, that's 888-343-6940. Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today, where we teach biblical truth for changing times. I'm Steve Conover. Let's join our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. Today, I want to talk about why the land of Israel is so important to God from the scriptures. But before we get there, I, I want to share this story about the history of modern Israel, how Israel was becoming a nation early on. Uh, in 1903, 45 years before Israel would become an independent sovereign state, there was a man named Theodore Herzl that was working hard along with many other Jewish people from around the world to convince the Turks of the once Ottoman Empire to give Palestine as a land for a future Jewish state. The Sultan of the Ottoman Empire refused, but the British were willing to give the Jewish people a large area of land in modern-day Kenya, in Africa. Uh, and so many of the Jewish people that heard this uh, seriously considered the idea. It was called the Uganda Plan, but in the end, they turned it down. Now, the reason that they seriously considered the Uganda Plan to, to start a Jewish state in, in Africa was because there were many Jewish people that were suffering under the pogroms. And so they wanted to find a place of refuge for them. But eventually, even those people that were suffering under the pogrom said, I'm not going to Africa. We're not going to go to Uganda. Now, many of the Jewish people, they were, like I said, against this right from the beginning. Even though they considered it, they were against it. The United Kingdom's foreign secretary, Arthur James Balfour, he encouraged the Jewish people to take this land in Africa. But Chaim Weitzman, who would become the first president of Israel, asked Balfour this, if he would ever change London for Paris— and Balfour replied, no, but London is the capital of my country. And Weitzman responded, Jerusalem was the capital of our country when London was a marsh. You know, it's interesting, even then in 1903, the Jewish people understood the value of Jerusalem and the land of Israel, that essentially God gave them this land, and as it's seen in the scriptures. And, you know, in the past, when I've talked with people about the land of Israel, they've asked this question to me, and I think it's a good question. Is God in the real estate business that he would give land to a specific group of people? Why is God so concerned with this land? 
Well, you know, God is the creator of all things and everything is his. So you could essentially say he can give what he wants to whom he wants. But we can't deny that throughout the scriptures, God focuses his attention on the land of Israel and he gives this very small plot of land in the Middle East a lot of value. And so today, I want to share why the land still matters to God today. And the reason I believe this is important to understand from the scriptures is due to the fact that many people don't believe that the land of Israel matters anymore. Many theologians and even pastors teach that God's focus on the land in the Old Testament is over. He's done with it. It's finished through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So that in the New Testament era today, there is no need for land anymore. You know, some even teach that certain parts of the Bible that deal with God's focus on the land of Israel have no value at all. Just listen to what Naim Atik, a Palestinian pastor, wrote in his book, Justice and Only Justice, about certain sections of the Bible that show God's heart for the Jewish people in the land of Israel. He writes this, There are certain passages in the Old Testament whose theological presuppositions or even assertions need not be confirmed by the Christian today because they reflect an early state of human understanding of God's revelation that conflicts with the Christian's understanding of God as revealed through Jesus Christ. Pastor Atik is saying that God's heart for the land of Israel and the Jewish people in the land is primitive and archaic, and it need not be understood today to mean that the land of Israel has any true significance at all. In fact, he argues that God contradicts himself. The way God revealed himself in the Old Testament and his desire for the land of Israel is contrary to the way he revealed himself in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. My friends, God is not confused, and he certainly doesn't contradict himself. Even today, he still has his eyes on the land of Israel. Just listen to what this passage from Deuteronomy has to say. Just before the Israelites were going into the land God promised them, the land of Israel, Moses said to the Israelites in Deuteronomy 11, But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. A land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. The Lord cares about this land from what Deuteronomy chapter 11 says. He provides for this land. He cultivates this land. He wants his people, the Jewish people, to have the best of this land. And I love this. His eyes are always on it. So why is the land of Israel so important to God? You know, we have to have an answer to this question because more and more people are ascribing to the teachings of pastors like Naim Atik that God doesn't have any more value for the land. He's done with it. I also want to say this. I think what happens when we begin to think about God giving land to the Jewish people, a specific group of people, is that we begin to think God is being exclusive. How can the God who created all things only care for Israel? Well, here's what I believe. I believe God's vision for Israel and the Jewish people is a global vision. It was a global vision in the Old Testament, and I believe God still has a global vision for Israel today. That through this tiny plot of land 
and the Jewish people, who bear in mind they only make up less than 1% of the world's population, God would impact the entire world. You know, the prophet Micah from the Old Testament, he talks about this. He gives a global vision, and he talks about a day coming in the future when the mountain of the house of the Lord would be the highest of mountains. It would be lifted up above all mountains, the prophet says, and many people from many nations will flow to this mountain. The prophet says this, many nations will come saying, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The mountain that Micah, the prophet, is talking about is the temple mount in Jerusalem, where the Jewish temples once stood and where Abraham bound Isaac. It's called Mount Moriah. Now, what's funny is this, is that that mountain is only about 3,000 feet above sea level. If it's a mountain, it's a tiny mountain. It pales in comparison to mountains like Mount Everest. But here's the thing. It's not the height of the mountain that makes it so significant. It's the one who rules from the mountain that makes it the highest of mountains. It's the one who will rule from this mountain that will bring peace and stability and justice to the entire world. It's the one who will rule from this mountain that will bring truth into a world of lies and light into a a world of darkness. The psalmist says that this one will rule from sea to sea, from river to the ends of the earth, from this mountain. And it's this one who will wipe away every tear. And who is this one? His name is Jesus. And it doesn't say in the Bible that one day all nations will stream to Washington, D.C. or to London or to Rome, but it says all nations will stream to Jerusalem. And where is Jerusalem? It's in the land of Israel. So why is the land of Israel so important to God? Why is God's focus there? Why does he call it the uh, apple of his eye? Because it's from Jerusalem where his son, the Prince of Peace, will rule every nation with justice and righteousness. God cares about the land of Israel because it's from Israel all nations and all people and all of his creation will worship him. That's the reason God cares about the land of Israel and the people of the land. Folks, I want to introduce you to an important book, The Feast of Israel, Shadows of the Messiah by Bruce Scott. You know, context is everything, especially when you study the Bible. And it's always good to remember the Bible is a Jewish book with Jewish writers writing from a Jewish worldview. Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, and he didn't celebrate Christmas or Easter. He celebrated the Jewish festivals like Passover, Hanukkah, and Purim. Jesus' ministry, the cross, his resurrection, second coming, and future reign as king and lord are not only in the New Testament, they are also hidden within the Jewish holidays and feasts of the Old Testament. That's why the book, The Feast of Israel, Shadows of the Messiah, will help you know the fullness of Jesus' ministry through the biblical feasts of Israel. Order your copy today at foiradio.org. Or call our toll-free number, 888-343-6940. That's 888-343-6940.
Today on our short segment, I want to highlight a ministry of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. The program is called Gesherim. Gesherim is a Friends of Israel Young Adult Internship Program in Las Vegas, and today I am joined with both a Gesherim leader and trainer, Becky Meisner, and an intern slash graduate of the program, Jonathan Palmer. Becky, Jonathan, welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Okay, so Becky, let's talk a little bit about the Gesherim ministry. Can you explain a little bit a little bit about what it is, the things that you do, and maybe even bring some clarification to the name to help us understand what the name means? Sure. Um, the name Gesherim is a Hebrew word that means bridges, and that that really. Uh, describes exactly what we want to do here in Las Vegas. We're building bridges between the Jewish and the Christian communities of Las Vegas. So, Becky, um, you're not from Las Vegas. You are from Pennsylvania. Yes, I am from Amish country, Pennsylvania, originally, born and raised, and um, been there for the first 28 years of my life. So, after that, you know, and the Lord leads you, you're not really thinking Las Vegas, but that's exactly how the Lord led in my life and I'm thankful for it. So what has it been like going from Amish country, Pennsylvania to what many people know as Sin City, Las Vegas? Well, I wasn't really excited at first at the idea, but uh, once I got there, I realized there's a whole community side to Las Vegas that most people don't know about. And uh, there's there are families, there are schools, there are churches, there are places to get involved and to minister and to serve. And um, I'm the Lord has grown in me a heart for Las Vegas and the people of Las Vegas. So let's talk about Gesherim. Gesherim is a Hebrew word that means to build bridges. Can you talk about who participates in Gesherim, um, how long Gesherim is, things of that nature, and, and maybe a little bit about the ministry that you do. Gisharim is a two-semester program uh, located in Las Vegas, and um, we, we operate from September to December, and then there's a, a short three-week break, and then from January to May. And um, during that time, uh, interns who sign up will experience Jewish life by attending synagogue services. They will take classes from um, from the Friends of Israel in learning more about Jewish culture and customs, uh, biblical um, history of Israel and modern history of Israel. Um, they will learn about prophecy and the Jewish holidays. We will experience the Jewish holidays by celebrating them um, together ourselves. Um, and an intern will also be involved in the community through service projects, volunteering um, regularly um, at um, we, we go to the Jewish Family Service Agency every week and volunteer at their food pantry. So we're working and serving alongside Jewish people in order to meet the needs of the community. So, you know, some people might be listening right now and thinking, wow, it sounds like they do a lot of Jewish things with Gesherim. Do you have to be Jewish to sign up for this program? Everybody is welcome for this program. You do not have to be Jewish. And if... If you are a Christian and God has given you a heart for Israel, for his people, I would really encourage you to look into this program, contact us, and um, we would love to 
to invite you to be a part of this program. You know, this program sounds amazing because it seems like, you know, a lot of times you go to an internship and you're just learning something. You know, this is a more both knowledge, you're learning about the Jewish people, you're learning about their history, you're learning about what the scriptures say about them. But then at the exact same time, it sounds like you're out half the time as well, engaging in the Jewish community. And Jonathan, you've been a part of the program for a year now. You've, you're a graduate. What was it like being able to see both the classroom and then also be out on the streets uh, doing ministry? It was incredible. Uh, the Jewish people... So far, every single one of them that I've met has been really outgoing and open towards our team because we're there to help them and serve them and ask for nothing in return. We just pour out love and they respond. Uh, they respond with the in kind. And it, it just sometimes overwhelms me in how much they've taught me about hospitality, about... Uh, the separation that there is between us and God. They teach you how to respect God in a way that you don't really see before. So the Gesherim program is a young adult internship program with the Friends of Israel that gives a young adult the ability who has a passion for Israel and the Jewish people an ability to both learn more about Israel, the history of the Jewish people, what the scriptures say about them, and yet at the exact same time, get involved in the Jewish community of Las Vegas. Becky, what is a way that people who are interested, who might be hearing, can get in contact with uh, the Friends of Israel to learn more about the Gesherim program? If someone listening is interested in this program, they can find out more information by going to the Friends of Israel website. That's www.foi.org. And this is great because we're actually going to take that website and we're going to post a link on our website, foiradio.org, and there you can find out more information about the Geshurim program. If there are people who are interested in the Geshurim program, I highly encourage you to look more into all that this ministry is doing to invest in the Jewish community of Las Vegas. So I know that uh, Becky and Jonathan are incredibly busy. They've been busy throughout the year, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to explain to us a little bit about what Geshurim does. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you, Chris. And Jonathan, thank you. I hope that uh, we see you soon, my friend, after graduating from the Geshurim program. Absolutely. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. The Lord taught us to pray, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6:13. The importance of that phrase was brought home to me recently when I visited the Ministry of the Interior to renew my identification card. As I sat on a bench to wait my turn, I found a paper bag containing a lot of money. I thought, if I give this to the security officer, he will thank me and keep it for himself. But then 
I remember those words, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I decided to take the money to the police station. One of the officers remarked, I can see by your clothes you're not a religious person. So why did you turn in this money? I replied, all that glitters is not gold. And why do you judge people by their clothes? As an officer, you must have had many experiences with people who were well-dressed but who are now behind bars. The officer persisted. It is not often we see a non-religious person like you who is so honest. I responded, This may shock you, but I do believe in the Lord. By now, our conversation had attracted the attention of several other officers. They, too, wanted to know about me because it was hard for them to believe a man who did not cover his head would speak about faith. Anyone who speaks about the Lord but is not dressed like the ultra-Orthodox is suspected of being a missionary, a word that has a bad connotation in Israel. But this does not scare me and I asked them if they knew the meaning of the word missionary. One replied, It is someone who spreads a false faith. Then I asked, Did Abraham and Jonah spread a false faith? Or Ezra and Nehemiah? They were all missionaries because they spoke to people about faith in the God of Israel. I told them, I am not like the rabbis who are now in prison because they were faithful to money rather than to God. Why, strictly because of the way we dress do you consider them so holy when, in fact, they have broken the laws of God and man? After a lengthy discussion, one of the officers said, Let us get to the root of this situation. How did you come to the conclusion your faith is right? I told him, I've not come to any conclusions. Rather, what I have said is from the Holy Bible. I believe in the Lord. It's that simple. And he is the one who taught us not to be blind and to go after bribes or give in to temptation. To my surprise, the officers invited me to have a cup of tea with them, and they asked me to start from the beginning and tell them about myself. I related some of my experiences in Europe during the Holocaust and told them of my 44 years here in Israel, including my long military service. I thank the Lord that because of my faith in Him, rather than in money, I had the wonderful opportunity to witness in such an unlikely place as a police station. I pray these officers will consider the things I said and come to faith in Jesus as the Messiah and Savior. The dramatic reading you just heard is taken from a feature you can read in our bi-monthly magazine, Israel My Glory. If you enjoy this feature, be sure to sign up for a free trial subscription. That's one year of Israel My Glory. Visit israelmyglory.org. You can read Apples of Gold and other free content at israelmyglory.org. You can also sign up for a free subscription when you call our listener line at 888 888- 
343-6940. If it's more convenient to write, our P.O. Box is 914 Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And again, you can visit us at foiradio.org to do all of these things. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Our associate producer and engineer is Tom Galeone. Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.